0: Welcome in Hockey Mountain High your go-to Avalanche podcast presented by Superbook Sports and Total Beverage in Thornton and Westminster. Thanks for hanging out with us today to break down some abs hockey. JJ Jerez, Arif Dean here. Doing our first live show, Arif. Here we are. We're live. It's ready. It's going. I don't know if
1: you knew to, knew this already, but we're up. We're up and at, and at it. We're up and at it. We're uh we we, we can't do that thing that Arif always has to do of uh editing when he says something stupid, which we're about to find out just how mm. ridiculous I sound sometimes.
0: <laughs> hey, same here, right? So every, <laughs> every once in a while, something stupid falls out of our mouth. We just go in and chop it up. No, that's not very fr- common. And honestly, I don't remember us doing that in the last uh, maybe year. I feel like we're just so pros and such <laughs> dialed in gentlemen that we, we don't have to do that anymore. Well, but-
1: it's our 200 and something episode. So I'm I'm hoping that we at least have a, know a thing or two about a thing or two at this point. Is it our 200th episode? It's way more than 200. We're at like, do two, we did our 200th episode with Oh Pete. yeah, we're yeah, with Peter. Them. That's yeah, true. We're, at, we're at like 212ish or so, something, something along those lines.
0: Well, let's get in some to some abs hockey. Arif, of course. The slide continues, right? Yes. Um Avalanche have gone pointless. Or not not pointless. Winless in the last four. Get a point from LA. Um but yeah, just not not showing a play some good hockey right now and what's funny is we discussed kind of a month ago about how the, this team seems to be hitting the under a lot the goals have kind of died off um you know it, the the defense seems to be a bit of an issue and just a, a lot of different things to figure out as we navigate this season right at first i felt that the season was just going to be nothing but podcasts about nathan mckinnon georgiev and the power play Luckily, things have changed, but things have been so streaky, it feels like, right? We talked about Georgiev being streaky, but it's like they go a stretch of good good hockey, and then they go a tiny stretch of bad hockey. Then they go a stretch of squeaking wins out, figuring out ways to win when maybe they shouldn't be. And now here we are in another stretch of, of a downturn.
1: It's, it's ultimately there's just been no consistency throughout the season, and this is not an excuse, but the lineup consistency – is as much as an issue, as much as the consistency on the ice. We saw stretches early in the season when Miko ran, and not that he's playing bad by any means, I'm not saying that, but we saw those stretches early in the season where he was doing those ridiculous things like putting up 15, 16 points in a five-game stretch, you know, kind of centered around that trip to Finland. Uh, we saw Nathan McKinnon doing his crazy thing early. Kale McCarr was well over a point per game. Now he's hovering right under, right around it. Um it just, there's a lot of streakiness. Uh, one of the things that I noticed yesterday in all the post-game com- press conferences that we had, we had the media scrum with Nathan McKinnon, we had the post-game with Jared Bednar, is they're they're still trying to find their way. And that's going to sound ridiculous. 35, 36 games in for the defending Stanley Cup champions. But when your second line is Dennis Malgin, Alex Newhook, and JT Comfer, which ultimately fully healthy before the trade deadline, that should be your third line. You're, you're still trying to find your way. You're trying to find a way to have consistency. Your top power play unit, which was unstoppable early in the season, was, was atop the league for a 35-day stretch breaking records with the percentages that they had, um, has had players in and out of the lineup. Rodriguez on the top unit. Rodriguez out of the lineup. Nichushkin back in the lineup on the top unit. Nichushkin out of the lineup. Comfort elevated. Comfort down. Alex Newhook elevated. Alex Newhook down. Nathan McKinnon out of the lineup. Nathan McKinnon back in the lineup. Let's use Devon Caves up there. Let's take him off. Like it's There's just no consistency. The only consistency has been Georgie playing a lot of the games, um, which in itself is an issue because – this is supposed to be a 1A, 1B situation. And, and for the third year in a row, when the Ava- – and this isn't a, a, like a knock on him, but for the third year in a row, when the Avalanche are in desperate need of a goalie to deploy to split duties with their starter, first grooby then Kemper, now Georgie, Pavel Francis is out of the lineup, and the Avalanche are kind of stuck playing their starter or turning to Jonas Johansson or Hunter Miska or whoever it was in the past, Devin Dubnik even at one point. So – they're still trying to find their way. The consist- the inconsistencies all throughout the lineup, up and down, whether production or whether who's playing, is the biggest issue right now. Teams have gotten their things together. They've gotten that chemistry going. They've gotten their game going. And the Avalanche are struggling with all of that right now.
0: Yeah, looking at the goaltending situation too. I mean, uh, Pavel Francuz was placed on IR, so it looks like that's going to be a-, a problem for the foreseeable future. I mean, you look at the Vegas loss last night. They only gave up three goals, yeah. And I wouldn't say any of them were like, um, "Wow, Georgiev, what was that?" You know, kind of like that last goal that he let in against Toronto, where you're like, "How did that even go in?" Was he even, was he, was he looking at a, a girl in the fourth row, or was yeah. he uh, distracted by some of the advertisements? What what happened there? I don't think you had any of those goals against Vegas, only letting up three goals. So it's not like he's the issue there. But but you're right. You, at, at the beginning of the year, he was winning you games. Yeah, He was there to back up, and I'm not going to say he was stealing any, but he was playing well enough that even if you, you weren't scoring too many, you, you were still finding ways to win. So I think that's where you got to look at the goal scoring, right? I mean, Nathan McKinnon shows up. Of course, goes goalless his first game, but uh, that kind of even Peter said it on our podcast on Sunday. He's like, "You you should probably expect Nathan McKinnon to have a big game in in his second one here." Twenty five seconds in, scores a goal, and you're like, "All right, the Avalanche are, might be might be gaining some momentum. They might be figuring some stuff out now that Nathan McKinnon's back, now that Darren Helm's back, and uh, they kind of went flat for the next two periods." Um, so, uh, yeah, the, the goal goal scoring is an issue, but like you're saying, the the, the real issue is the personnel that they have playing some important roles.
1: Yeah, and once again this is something we talked about on the last show is the depth kind of just isn't doing it. they're playing bigger roles than they should be. Uh, but the top guys are just playing too many minutes. I think I said it yesterday. Like it felt like the last seven or eight minutes of that game. Devon caves was on the ice the entire yeah. time he was playing on the top or he was playing on the, on the top line with Kale McCarr. Then the avalanche get a power play. He comes out on the second unit. Then Kale McCarr comes out. The avalanche switched up Gerard. He stayed on the ice. He ended up with 27 minutes and 55 seconds. Kale McCarr, 27 minutes and 54 seconds. I'm going to do this every game. Miko Ranton in 27 minutes and 13 seconds. Nathan McKinnon, second game back from injury. 27 minutes and seven seconds. JT Comfort, third line center on a Stanley Cup winning team, 22 minutes and 39 seconds. Arturi Lekkinen, good top six forward, 23 minutes and 57 seconds. It's too much. It's too much, but they have no other choice. They're slowly reacclimating Darren Helm, 8 minutes, 55 seconds. Ideally, Darren Helm in your fourth line will be around that 10-11 mark. Uh, Alex Newhook uh, played 17 minutes, which is more than he has in recent games. Logan O'Connor is right where you want him to be, 10-19. Ben Myers, right where you want him to be, 11-53. But these guys just aren't bringing it. The depth players... The ones that are bringing it, the O'Connors and the Coglianos, like I said on Sunday, are playing in over their head. They're playing in roles bigger than they should. And the ones that should be bringing it, the Alex Newhooks, the Ben Myers, Dennis Malgan, you know, kind of getting looks and never finishing. Those are the guys that you're struggling with right now. And even they are kind of being put in positions where they're playing in over their head. So what what choice do you have but to play McKinnon 27 minutes? Like you saw how good McKinnon was in the first period. And then you saw that slowly dissipate as the game went on because he was playing too much well
0: that's what i was going to get into is is not only was he playing too much that but there were moments where you you and i even looked at him and we're like i know he has more to give yeah. than what he's giving right there right and we kind of had that conversation and last a lot week. of it
1: a lot of it was back checking related which he's had issues with in the past but not to this extent
0: yeah, I mean and he said after the game that he's feeling good. He might be a little bit rusty, but he's getting back into it. But I don't know if I fully believe that. A lot like the conversation we had last week with Makar, I feel like it was a situation where he felt he had to get ready to go, even though he may not be a hundred percent. Again, purely speculation here, but yeah. I think you know, maybe he's saying that the team needs me more than I need to rest a couple extra games. So if I'm at least 70, 80 percent here, I'm gonna give it a go.
1: Yeah, I mean, you can say that, but also I, I I, don't buy much into that just because, I mean, the Kel McCarr one, you can tell he's a little bit hurt. The, the Nathan McKinnon one, I don't buy as much into it because he's got a history of coming back from injuries right when the timeline is ready for him or right before that timeline is over. And, uh, you know, he's playing as good as he was before. We're not seeing him struggling or or limping his way to the ice or, or to the bench or whatever. That so.
0: fades with age, though. That fades with age.
1: I don't know. I just, that ability I
0: ability to bounce back.
1: I, yeah. Nathan McKinnon just seems like the kind of guy that takes care of himself and takes care of his body so well that if he's playing injured, you would notice, but we haven't noticed it in any of the injuries he's He's had think back to the 2018 season, the year that he should have won the Hart trophy. That first season he broke out. If you remember late in the year, he had that injury against the Vancouver Canucks and he missed like seven or eight games. while the avalanche were in the midst of a playoff run. And then he came back and he continued to take off you know, well into that first round against Nashville. So we've never seen him since then until now, all the injuries he's had, we've never seen him feel like he's rushing back from an injury. It's just a guy that, you know, he's an athlete that is just in such incredible shape that sometimes timelines and what it would take for someone like you and me to, uh, to recover from an injury. Those timelines don't mean the same to him. I've noticed with other players when they feel like they're rushing back. Kilmacar is one that we've seen kind of, limp his way through hallways and locker rooms. Nathan McKinnon doesn't strike me as that, but the the reality is whether he's ready or not, which I do believe he is ready to play. He still shouldn't be playing 27 minutes ever.
0: No. Yeah. I'm I'm with that hundred percent, but I mean, you even saw it in Darren Helm, right? He makes his return to the lineup and uh, he's kind of limping his way through. I want to get into Darren Helm in a second, but before I do, there were two other comments that Nathan McKinnon made last night after the game that, that really stuck out to me. A, when he says that that they didn't play a bad game, the chances were there, and he thinks if they got a second chance, you know, they probably win that game. That yeah. it was really just a bunch of turnovers. I think we, too. we heard the word turnovers uh probably 20 times in last night's post press conferences, both from players and from Coach Bednar. And then just when he said that there's no quit in that locker room, right? I mean, and I think just his overall demeanor, too, where in years past he might be visibly pissed off. This year, he still has a, a sense of optimism to him, a sense of, you know, we're going to figure figure this out. I really like the group around me because they're going to help me figure this out. And uh, so I, I thought those comments from him, despite a loss, were very encouraging.
1: Yeah. The Avalanche yesterday had 13 giveaways. The Vegas Golden Knights had three. And of those 13 giveaways, and I'm not knocking him, Nathan McKinnon had five of them. Nobody else had more than one. Now, the reason why I'm not knocking him for that Number one, that's what Nathan McKinnon is referring to. He knows there was a lot of times where the puck was on his stick and then it was going the other way. But the reason why I'm not knocking him for that is because when you are Nathan McKinnon, when you're taking 27, 28, 29 shifts per game, when you're playing, he had 26 shifts yesterday and played 27.07, so a minute and two seconds average per shift, which is pretty wild. Obviously, the end of the game kind of flaws that number a bit. But anyway, when you're playing 27 minutes and you take 26 different shifts, you are Nathan McKinnon. You're carrying the puck into the zone 35 times. So you are going to have the most giveaways. It's why the most injuries come from superstar players, because superstar players are the ones that are out there 20 to 25 minutes. Chances are, the longer you're on the ice, the more likely you are to fall into a situation where you get hurt. So Nathan McKinnon was directly referring to that, and and it makes absolute sense. Um, The big thing that I took away from the game yesterday is, look, the Avalanche are in this winless rut right now. The Arizona game. You know they they had a four game winning streak. Then Christmas break happens. They get the three days off. They come back. The Arizona game, call it a wash. I'm gonna the Arizona game to me is similar to that Calgary game second day of the regular season where the odds are stacked against you. You're the road team traveling to this other rank against a team that for some reason you don't really do that well against. And on a day where a lot of the home teams won because they weren't the one traveling, so that one's a wash. Then you have the LA game. You blew it immensely. Like you should have won that game. Then the Toronto game happens. You're outmatched by a healthier, better team. That goes back to the original spiel I had when we started the show 10, 15 minutes ago. The Maple Leafs have figured it out. Their top guys have played every single game. They haven't missed a game from their top six. Uh, from their top four, I should say, Nylander, Tavares, Matthews, and Marner. They figured out the chemistry thing. They looked like a team that has been together for 35 games. The Avalanche looked like spare parts that every single night you're like, okay, duck, duck, goose, duck, you're in, duck, you're in, goose, you're out, duck, you're in. Like it's just everybody's a different line every single day. JT Comfort was going to play with Evan Rodriguez yesterday. Some days he's not. Some days he's playing with o- with uh, with O'Connor and, and Cagliano. Some days it's Nachushkin and Newhook. It's anybody's guess. Roll the dice. Sometimes he's on the top line with Renton. Rantanen. There's just no consistency in the lineup. They haven't figured it out. So the Leafs game, you probably were going to lose that. You don't want to lose 6-2, to but you're not going to win 82 games. And then the Vegas game was very, very, very winnable. There was yeah. no reason to lose that Vegas game.
0: Yeah, I get what you're saying. Basically, two bad losses, two losses that you can accept right that you can live with against toronto and vegas and and yeah and then
1: two winnable games
0: yeah exactly so i think credit to obviously credit to toronto they just showed how potent they are as a team and and credit to vegas i I know nathan mckinnon tried to argue with me a little after the game but Mm -hmm. i mean i I think that what you're saying right there uh, with the turnovers and i thought vegas did a pretty good job at trying to stop the avalanche at the blue line or at least cause more traffic cause a little bit more havoc. I mean, just credit to the teams that were that, that the avalanche are playing against right now, I think. And uh, yeah, I mean, a bounce here, a bounce there, the avalanche tie that game, no problem in the third. And then we see kind of the, the cardiac kids that we're used to, right? The, the guys that know how to come back late in third periods and, and come find their way back into a game. But I guess that the, the encouraging thing is like you're saying is Nathan McKinnon knows what's wrong. Yeah. After speaking to Georgiev a couple after the Toronto loss, he seems to know what's wrong. They both mentioned they need a little bit of practice time to kind of Mm -hmm. figure those out. But I think that's that's a good sign considering what was it, two weeks ago we asked Jared Bednar, what's going on with the first periods. And his answer was just kind of like, you'll have to ask those guys. Like I've done all I can do. I kind of I'm kind of uncomfortable with the almost I don't know answer, right? I love hearing that they have solutions. They just got to go execute.
1: Yeah, and the more these guys play after they come back, the better. The biggest thing for this team right now, and I'm going to keep harping on this, is as guys come back into the lineup, you need them to stay in the freaking lineup. That's the biggest thing. You need these guys to remain in the lineup and not go back out. You can't have Rodriguez come back for a stint and then be out again. You can't have Nachushkin come back for a stint and be out again. If you're in that habit and you fall into that pattern the entire season, you're fucked. Like you're screwed. You're not. You're not going to be able to. You're not going to be able to handle the season. And and that's ultimately what's been happening right now. The time on ice thing, like I said, that's the one that I keep looking at. And and look, Kael McCarr is young and he's in much better shape than a lot of other players his age and older. But you you can't have these guys playing this many minutes if you want to you know make another long Stanley Cup run and even make the playoffs at this point. Not that I'm concerned about that, but just saying. Uh, but the reality is, you don't have any options. So here's here's a nice stat that I'm going to pull up for you. The Tampa Bay Lightning lost a pretty large amount of forwards the last couple of years. First, it was Coleman, Gord, and Goudreau. And then last year, they lost Palat, and I think I'm missing one. Uh, well, they lost McDonough on the blue line. But anyway, they lost Palat right off their top six. So they've lost five guys. That doesn't even include Tyler Johnson. So they've lost... Quite a few guys, six of them, six big minute guys, six important pieces over the last 24 months. Now, the reason why I mentioned that the Tampa Bay Lightning, like the Avalanche, when healthy, I'm talking the Avalanche when healthy, they don't have as much depth as years past. And what that has caused is, believe it or not, last season in the regular season, No Tampa Bay Lightning forward, not defenseman, but forward averaged 20 minutes per game. And that is a little bit of a flawed stat because Nikita Kucherov averaged 19 minutes and 59 seconds. This season, Nikita Kucherov is up to 20 minutes and 56 seconds per game. This is the first time in his career. We're talking a guy that's had 128 points before. We're talking a guy who's top two in assists every single season, an incredible player, a playoff performer, a beast of a winger. Nikita Kucherov, 20 minutes and 56 seconds this year, is the first time in his career he has averaged more than 20 minutes per game in a season. So the Tampa Bay Lightning are feeling the depth issues. We're seeing Steven Stamkos last year was averaging 18.29. This year is averaging 19.12, an extra 45 seconds per game. You got to make up what you lost earlier. Brandon Hagel last year was low, this year, 18.52 uh Braden point last year was below 20 now he's up over 20 so you're seeing them have to deal with those depth issues now let's compare that to a team in a similar situation like the Colorado Avalanche that also lost a couple forwards from their lineup and need their top guys to play more minutes however the Avalanche also have injuries so here's the difference. You saw those spikes in the in the time on ice. Braden Point went up 45 seconds. Stamko's about 40 seconds. Kucherov about 51 seconds. Now let's look at the Colorado Avalanche. I'm only going to use forwards. And, you know, let me start with the forwards, and then I'll go to Taves and, and Makar. Mikko Rantanen last year averaged 20.59. He's now up to over 23 minutes. Nathan McKinnon averaged 21.04. He's now up to 22.07, so an extra minute per ice time. Arturi Lekanen, which this includes his time with Montreal, averaged 16 minutes and 26 seconds. He is up to 21.21. And then Kale McCarr and Devontae's. those are just some forward examples. Actually, I'm going to use one more. JT Confer 20 minutes and 13 seconds per game. Last year, JT Comfer played 16 minutes and 19 seconds. Kale McCarr, this year, 27.09. Last year, 25.40. Devon Taves, this year, 25-20, last year, 25-22. So Devon Taves is actually right on par with where he was. But you get the point. All these guys are playing way more minutes than they should. And when you have Nathan McKinnon playing an extra minute a game, when you have JT Confort playing an extra four minutes a game over 82 games, that shit's going to catch up to you. This is the biggest issue with this team right now. When guys return to the lineup like Darren Helm, Darren Helm has – taken all the time he needed to get healthy there's nothing about him that was rushed back he did look a little bit rusty yesterday obviously it is january 3rd he hasn't played since june 26th and he's had an entire stanley cup celebration since. when guys come back into the lineup they cannot exit the lineup you need these guys to be ready to go you need them to not rush back and when they get back you need like There's some luck involved, but you need them to not get hurt again. You gotta build that chemistry. By the time you get to game fifty-five, by the time you get to game sixty, that chemistry that you saw, that figure it out ism that you saw from the Toronto Maple Leafs, you gotta have that if you're the avalanche.
0: Yeah, and you gotta take care of games early, right? You gotta head into the third period with leads and of their 17 losses nine of which have been one goal games. So that's kind of a testament to how they have to put those big guns out in the third period. They have to give them heavy minutes because they're trying to win games. If they can go into these third periods with comfortable leads and, and start to play the, you know, the McDermott's the new hooks and give the, the, give the top guys a little bit of cushion, then then you're a okay. But I mean, you got to take care of the job early and not be going in the third period, still trying to fight and scratch and win. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, that that's absolutely the case. And, Look, Nathan McKinnon said it yesterday, the bad luck on that Miko Rantanen play. But that that's the difference in a winning streak and that's the difference of what happens when you're in a winless streak. That McKinnon set up cuz we saw how he dipsy-doodled his way into the zone. I think Mark Stone fell over. He kind of did that broken ankles thing. Sends it to Miko Rantanen, hits the crossbar on that one-timer attempt. Miko Miko Rantanen scores that goal. It's suddenly a game where the Avalanche are up two to nothing because of two incredible plays by Miko and Nate. And suddenly the Avalanche are at a point now where they're probably going to walk away with that game. Winners, let's say four to two, five to two, five to three. Let's give Vegas the three goals they scored. They're feeling good about themselves. Nathan McKinnon needed a game to shake off the rust. Now he's back. The Avalanche are feeling good. But because Miko Rantanen misses that shot, it hits the crossbar. And 10 seconds later, the Golden Knights score and tie the game it's a different conversation it's a game of inches it's it's wild how little one little thing can change the entire outcome of a game and we saw that again yesterday and that's why the players and the coach like they're they're holding their heads up high they know right now that they're doing the right things to win the results are not there again the let's let's skip the arizona game and the toronto game we already talked about those let's go back before that four game winning streak that they had prior to christmas and they were getting blown out by Boston and beat by Philadelphia the day McKinnon got hurt. And all those bad losses they had. They lost to the Rangers in there. They lost to Buffalo. They just weren't playing good. Now they know. Like you said, around that time, Jared Jared kind of didn't really have the answers to what was going wrong. Now they're playing well. They just need the results to come. And as soon as one hits... They're going to go on a streak. Everything regresses to the mean, and it just kind of feels like they need that one game, that one game to finally win, like 5-1, to We're in the third period with 11 minutes left, you're up three goals, you're up four goals, where you can bench your top guys, play Newhook 22 minutes, give Ben Myers 20 minutes, give Dennis Malgan top power play unit minutes, because you're so far ahead that McCarr doesn't need to play 27 minutes, McKinnon doesn't need to play 27 minutes, et cetera, et cetera
0: well you've got Vancouver and Chicago in the next 10 days so those are two really great opportunities and Edmonton's uh, not that
1: well right now either I know they got the star power but they're they're not having a good time they're struggling to keep the puck out of their net
0: yeah you know they're going to be kind of looking for revenge from last year's sweep too so I think that's going to be a really great game Saturday night eight o'clock but yeah first they have Vancouver We got to get to our buddies over at Superbook Sports, of course. Add this to your New Year's resolution win money in 2023 with Superbook Sports. Superbook has over three decades of sports wagering experience in Las Vegas, so you'll get the best odds anywhere as we head into the football playoffs. Plus, Check out their special odds boost and promotions at superbook.com. Make 2023 the year when you win money from Vegas. Download the Superbook sports app now and place your bets. Visit superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem, call 1 800. 5224700. We've touched on Helm, we've touched on Rodriguez, but do we want to get a little bit deeper in on either of those two guys because I think the Evan Rodriguez injury, we were informed it happened late in the Toronto game, we didn't know about it until kind of right before puck drop yesterday. Darren Helm, a surprise addition, but it kind of sounds like
1: they knew it was happening kind of a one for one swap here. So they didn't know that Rodriguez was going to miss the game. Uh, I know the injury happened against Toronto, but the... The it had ex- to
0: have been a tentative situation, though. It was a know?
1: tentative situation, but it felt like the way that they handled morning skate, the way that they handled heading into that game, that Rodriguez was more likely going to play with the small possibility that he doesn't play, and it ended up being that he doesn't play. Darren Helm, I, I wouldn't call it a surprise because you saw him getting closer and closer. Uh, the last couple practices at Family Sports the other day, it looked like Helm might be back before McKinnon, and then suddenly Jared hit us with the, oh, McKinnon's only wearing red non-contact because we don't want him to take contact, but he's good. And then McKinnon was ready and Helm was ready a game later. So Darren Helm is not by any means a surprise. Um, Rodriguez, I would say was a little bit of a surprise, but it's also a thing where the Avalanche are going to practice in two and a half hours. We'll hear more. Jared said for now he's day to day, but that's not really a diagnosis. That was more of like a, we don't know yet. So let's just call it that because I can't say anything else. So we'll find out in the next couple hours or so uh, what the deal is with Evan Rodriguez. i uh, there was a couple of updates. I don't know if you saw this, but I'll uh, I'll give credit to Evan over at uh, Colorado Hockey Now for this tweet. My he, friend and line mate. Yep, that guy. Uh, the new. Uh, I was almost almost gonna say DNVR, but obviously he's taking over Colorado Hockey Now now. Hockey now now. now. <laughs> so Evan listened to obviously Jared Bender goes on Altitude Sports Radio uh, once a week in the morning, and he said that. On Altitude Sports Radio, this is an hour ago, Bedner says both Landeskog and Byram are still expected back this season. Landeskog is making good progress, but is not at the point yet where he can get on the ice. The original timeline is out the window. Byram is also making progress. Josh Manson and Valery Nichushkin are both skating today. So you and I talked about this yesterday in the press box. Here is what the Avalanche are missing from their lineup right now. Gabe Landeskog on the left wing or sorry, Valerie Nachushkin on the left wing, Evan Rodriguez at center, Gabe Landeskog on the right wing. That is your entire second line because Nachushkin and Landeskog played with Kadri in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Take out Kadri, put in Rodriguez. You're missing your entire second line. Josh Manson and Bowen Byram, entire second D unit. Pavel Francouz, backup goalie. So your second line, your second D pairing, and your second goalie are all out of the lineup. Evan Rodriguez, we're going to hear more about. Landeskog and Byram are progressing. Manson and Nitrushkin skate today. They're going to finally take the ice and start skating again. Well, finally for Manson and for Nitrushkin, it's only been a week or so. So that's your second line, and that's your second D pairing. All that's left that's not taken the ice yet, and there's no update on it, is Pavel Fransuz, but we'll see what happens there. So good news. Again, good news. Landeskog is going to be back this season. Bowen Byram is expected to be back this season. They are progressing well. It's not a question mark. It's more of an, a when rather than an if. Val and Josh Manson are going to take the ice again. We'll find out more about Evan Rodriguez, but I'm going to go back to my original point. When these dudes get back, they got to stay in the lineup so you can develop that chemistry and figure it out. It took the Avalanche six to seven weeks last year to figure it out. And then when they did, they went on a 21 and one stretch. You need time to figure it out. When these guys get back, they got to stay in the lineup.
0: Yeah. Which makes me look at Nathan McKinnon again. I mean, you even just brought it up. He was skating and full participant in practice, but they didn't want him facing any contact, which
1: tells me there's still a slight something there. Right. So I don't I, No, no, no. It didn't come off as slight something. It came off more as there's no reason to have him face contact. He's ready to go. That's the way that it was introduced, which makes me say, put a red non-contact on Kael McCarr, put a red non-contact right. on JT Comfort, on Miko right. Don't let any of these guys. That's why out.
0: I'm calling BS. I'm yeah, calling no. BS.
1: I, I, I can't I call BS on that because of Nathan McKinnon's history of how he recovers from injuries. And it, there's nothing ailing him when he comes back from injuries. It's not Gabe Landeskog last year coming back from a knee surgery, taking part in no morning skates and no practices and only playing games and then been out since. Nathan McKinnon has a history of coming back from injuries and doing it ahead of schedule and not showing any signs of ailment, not skipping morning skates, practices, etc. So
0: I'm going to leave this little cryptic message. I think you'll pick it up. He's also normally perfectly comfortable doing press conferences without a shirt.
1: Yeah, but that's also not a situation. That's more of a covering his bases to, to keep I don't read much into that because I think <laughs> you're, more...
0: you're trying hard not to. You're pushing. No, no, back. no, no,
1: no. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I'll, I'll, I was trying hard to not describe what you were saying, but yesterday when we went in to talk to Nathan McKinnon, I went to ask him a question and or actually I went to ask him if he had a second to speak. And this is right when the game ended and he was sitting in a locker room, hockey pants and and socks and skates and everything still on, but no upper body. He had already taken off his Jersey and his uh, shoulder pads. And when I asked him if he wanted to talk, he still, you know, overcoming a loss. And he said, no. And he was kind of fuming and he said, I'm not even wearing a shirt. Give me a sec. You're going to have to wait. And then he got up, he went and put a shirt on, which we later realized it was because Nathan McKinnon, he had a little bit of a bruise on his ribs or whatever it was when Nathan McKinnon has anything that shows any signs of like an injury, a bruise, a cut, a scab, whatever it is. He does not like, you know, even if like he's taped up or whatever, which he wasn't yesterday, he doesn't like to do interviews when he looks like that because he doesn't want to show that on TV. So
0: right, he doesn't want to give the opponents a place to target.
1: Because he doesn't want. He called it.
0: 100%. He doesn't want to give the the opponents.
1: No, dude. No hockey player is a hundred percent. No hockey player no, is 100%. I agree. I
0: agree. I'm just telling you. It's, I don't. It's hard to play. It's harder to play when you hurt.
1: Everybody's hurt. He is one hundred percent ready to play hockey. But if you asked him in your daily life, hey, how much no, pain yeah. are no, you? No, I'm with that. I'm with that. That's that's the thing. Like yeah. Nathan McKinnon not wanting to show that his ribs are hurting a little bit, or if he had a taped up wrist, not wanting to show it uh says to me that that's Nathan McKinnon being particular over little things. There's He's a meticulous. difference between
0: being hurt and injured. Right. And, and I think that's kind of the fine line we're yeah. trying to draw. here. Every
1: single person in every single locker room is hurt, but the ones that are injured are the ones not playing.
0: Um Let's see what else we got to get to the power play. Oh uh, Hasn't scored a, a goal in three games. Two consecutive games getting goose egged on uh, the man advantage, I guess. What, what do you think has to go right there? Is this just simply the conversation of, oh, media loves to look into power play too much because eventually it finds its way? Or do we think that there are some issues that need to be addressed or maybe just some, a, a different comfort level that they haven't found recently?
1: It's the comfort level. It's the uh, shaking off the cobwebs. It's the inconsistencies. And I know Nathan McKinnon said this, and it sounded funny when he said it, but they just need to practice it because Nathan McKinnon kind of mentioned, like, hey, uh, you know, we – I just got back. It's my second game. We've had guys in and out. You know, we just need to practice it more. And you're like, how do you need to practice it more? You've been doing this for five years. But the reality is you change things up. You always need to be learning. If you're not learning, if you're not developing, if you're not going forward, you're going backward. And that's the ultimate reality of what it means to be a hockey player. The reason why you see players come into the NHL and have, think back to, and 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 think back to Merrick Spatos as a rookie. Think back to Jonathan Chichu that same season when he had 50 something goals. As soon as the other teams figure you out, If you don't change, you're never going to do that ever again. So Nathan McKinnon knows that it's not like, you know, the same power play they ran in 2018, 2019, 2020 is the same power play. They're running today. The new power play that they need to run today, the new developments, the new looks, the new things they need to do. They haven't had that chance. The guys are in and out of the lineup. They need some practice time. They're going to get that today on Tuesday. They're going to get it again on Wednesday. Then they're going to fly to Vancouver. So, and then they're going to have a morning skate in Vancouver too. So, I think it's ultimately a, rea- uh, a situation where early in the season when the power play was on fire, they didn't have the injuries yet. If you remember back then, it was, God, the power play is so good. Nathan McKinnon is so good, and Georgie is stealing games while the Avalanche are recovering from losing Kadri and Berkey, and Newhook and Rodriguez are off to slow starts. Then everybody started getting hurt. It started with chushkin and then it went to Lakenin, and then and then Miko was—or not Miko, Nate was out, and then— Whatever, Manson and Byram and Rodriguez, and then he's back, and then he's hurt, and then Nachuchin's hurt. So the power play has gone to hell since then because they've had guys in and out of the lineup. There's been no consistencies, and that's something that they're hoping. Like I said, now that they have five guys that they're comfortable with on the top unit, it's not their five best guys, but it's five guys. Like, you know, there's no new hooks or malgans or Couts on your top unit. You got to practice it. You got to get it going, and then you'll score. They had good looks yesterday. They couldn't find the back of the net. That's why they lost the game to me. Jared said they lost the game in the second period. I say they lost the game with special teams because they had nine minutes and 58 seconds of power play time and came up zero goals in a game that was one by one.
0: Yeah, and to start the game, I'm pretty sure they had a back-to-back, almost a four-minute power play.
1: Yeah, that's why it was 58 seconds because there was a two-second overlap. That was when they were leading one to nothing. They get a power play goal. Miko Rantanen later scores on that two-on-one. It's three nothing. They get a power play goal. It's two nothing. Miko Rantanen scores. It's it's two nothing. Neither of them happen. Vegas scored. It's one-one.
0: I think it's a disappointment, but That's it's not fault. it's not something to look too deep into because, I mean, they did score one against Arizona. They did score one against L.A. It's only been a two-game drought, and uh, like you said, Logan Thompson kind of sh- saved a ton of goals by the hairs of his chinny-chin-chin, and some of those were on the power play, right? I mean, a, a different bounce here, a different bounce there, and we're not even having this conversation. And, yeah, it just seems like a, a scenario where they just got to keep doing what they're doing, maybe get a little bit more comfortable with it practice-wise since you're hearing that out of their mouths but i think they just continue where they're at and and it'll it'll rectify itself
1: yeah. that's ultimately where they are again like the team in as a whole it feels like they're playing better they've got things figured out they just need the results to match the the uh, effort and and i think they're going to break out of that hump when you get to the games where you feel like you should have won but you don't that usually means you're about to break over the hump and and that's what i feel like is is where they're at right now
0: I doubt it's going to be PP two that gets the job done, though. I'll Just say say that. Yeah. Um. Uh. I don't really have anything else left on the docket to get to. I do want to comment about the because uh, you brought up the Jared Bednar radio show. I just it makes me think about how much I miss the Patrick Waugh radio show. That was can't miss radio. And yeah. <laughs> hearing some of the things that that guy would drop on a on a morning I, radio I show. I lived at in, 8 a.m. I lived
1: in Detroit, and it was. Appointment viewing 100% appointment listening radio for me to go to Altitude's website and pull up the live stream link of that radio show because it wasn't, you know, whatever they call it now, it was behind the bench with Patrick Wan. I'm like, oh boy, this is going to be good. He was so fun.
0: Yeah, it was good. Jared Bednar, love the guy, but doesn't have the uh, most outrageous quotes, I guess. (laughs) Very level headed guy. but yeah, I guess got to keep moving forward and, and keep figuring these things out and, and slowly but surely, I think they'll get to where they need to be. But it's got to be frustrating from the guys. It's got to be frustrating from Jared Bednar to keep having to come and kind of answer the exact same questions over and over. Injuries this, power plays that, how'd you like this guy's reinsertion to the lineup. So they need some consistency. They need
1: um, just some flow. Yeah, and that's that's the biggest difference for me. That's my biggest takeaway from this last few days and that's something that this team hopefully will rectify here soon.
0: Right on. Well, I guess here's a great place to stop. And our first live show, I think it was a success. Yeah. Our, inter- our internet stayed together. Uh, we didn't that. say anything dumb.
1: <laughs> well, that's that's for others to decide. Oh, Well, that's still happening where it kind of your voice muffles. Great, great. There we go. spoke now too soon. I spoke too yeah. soon. You always well, got to give it like three seconds and that music starts to start talking.
0: All right, we'll remember that for the future, I guess. But thanks for hanging out with us on this Tuesday morning. We'll be back probably Thursday to break down the uh, next game, which is Vancouver, eight o'clock start, nice and late for us here in the Mountain Time Zone. But a very winnable game, and and could be the game the Avalanche need to get back on track. So we'll yep. see how that checks and out.
1: We'll talk to you Friday to break down that game as well. Should I say what did I say Thursday? Yeah, the game is Thursday. Yeah, my bad. Friday. We'll be back Friday. (laughs) Thanks for hanging out with us, everybody. If you made it this
0: far in the podcast, bless your pretty little heart. Let's make hockey for everyone. We out to you.